The Mixing Music Podcast is proud to say that we have a lot of free resources outside of the actual podcast. Visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash links to find access to our free PDFs and free resources. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK. And today we have a really good episode. Um, unfortunately, Lou is not able to join me. Um, he's actually at home resting because uh, he's feeling a little bit under the weather, but it's no COVID or anything, so we're, we're good on that. Uh, but uh, this is a very important episode. This might be an episode that really not many people want to hear but I think it's very important. And the topic is honestly like the secret and that I've seen that has been consistent from any successful engineer, producer, and not just in the music world, but in life. And something that I've been really trying to focus on and improve is staying open-minded, staying curious, um, and understanding that there's something to learn from everyone. No matter what, there's always something that you could take away from anybody. There's always things that the other person might know that you just don't know or you haven't ever studied and that person has. Or, um, and uh, I want to start with the story of Dave Pensado first. Dave Pensado is well known for always being, always trying new plugins and being the first to kind of like try new things and new technology software, hardware, um, and I talked to his assistant, um, and it's very clear that that open-mindedness, that curiosity has helped him to stay passionate about mixing. So a little story, recently, uh, especially in 2020, I mixed 1,019 records in 2020, and it was, it sounds like that's an awesome thing, and yeah, I made a decent amount of money, a little bit amount of money, right, but more importantly, it really made me tired. If you've ever seen the movie Soul, um, when they go into the flow zone and there's the monsters on the ground, that's kind of what it felt like. It felt like I was, I was trapped, that I kind of forgot my purpose, and that I no longer enjoyed mixing. It was no longer a creative work, but it was just like a job that I need to get done. And luckily, I just followed through, and I wanted to commit to the goal, and I made the goal by the end of the by the end of the 2020. Um, but it really, really ate away at my desire to continue mixing. Um, and I think the big takeaway from that was that it was no longer creative. It was just efficiency, just trying to get as many mixes done in a day. Like, I mean, doing over a thousand mix, doing a thousand mixes a year is like three, 2.75, whatever mixes a day for 365 days. It's like without taking any days off. And don't get me wrong, I definitely took a couple days off throughout the year. So I was just mixing a lot. And some of these were shorter, smaller, you know, trap trap songs that only had two vocal tracks and a beat. Uh, There's a lot of that that last year. 
um, some like sync stuff, which is more for like labels where there's only like five, 10 tracks, like simple things. But more importantly, it just became a little bit too easy and I stopped exploring because I didn't have the time. This year I quadrupled my prices and I cut down a lot, most of my clients. And the one thing that I've decided to invest in is, is time. In the sense that now, if someone pays me for a project because I have a lot less going on, I can spend more time on each song. And with more time, I've been able to try new plugins, uh, I bought new hardware, and returned new hardware, and tried other pieces, borrowed pieces, and like tr- bought new plugins. It, it's been a, a long journey, and honestly, it's really good to be back to where I'm at right now mentally. Because I've been open-minded and I've been trying to use new plugins and trying to learn and trying to be creative with mixing again. Um, there's a book that I just finished recently called The Practice by Seth Godin. And he talks a lot about this and talks about the practice or the work, which is uh, something that you can control. You can't control the outcome. You can't control if anybody will like what you're doing. But you can control being consistent and continuing to do the work. And more importantly, he says that you're not really being creative. You're not really doing the work if you don't ship it. And what he means by shipping it means like for musicians, that means putting it on Spotify, like releasing the music or for mixing, finishing the song, right? Finishing the mix, calling it done. And for me, it was just super interesting because he talked a lot about the creative aspect of it and that, um, and this is a little bit of combination with some other philosophies that I've heard probably from Jordan Peterson and other psychologists is is uh, I think it was actually Jordan Peterson that said um, that to be creative is a gift and that if you think most people on the earth are creative, then you're wrong. Most people are not creative. And in fact, if you are creative, um, you are in a realm of intelligence that makes life more difficult because <laughs> he talks about... Anyway, so... but uh, But it's really incredible because... Through reading Seth's book, The Practice, which I really highly recommend. It's on my website, uh, mixingmusicpodcast.com or dkmixes.com under the sponsors. There's uh, book recommendations um, that I have, and you can always buy it on Amazon. Really recommend it. Highly recommend it, especially if you're going through like imposter syndrome or you're just having a hard time getting over yourself. Like you love the art of music, but you just have a hard time kind of getting out of that insecurity. It's It's a book that I strongly recommend. But anyway, in... The point is, um, and I see this time and time again with, with those that are like, that are higher level and really successful is people stay open-minded and stay curious and they stay creative. Um, another example is that the most intelligent and most successful people that I know tend to not shut down things. For example, this could be political, but I'm going to try to keep it um, out of it. Uh, but the most intelligent and most wealthy people and the most successful people in my eyes are usually the most open-minded in the sense that something that comes up, they say something like, yo, high pass everything, right? And, or don't high pass anything. And an intelligent person that is doing well or is destined to do well will stay open-minded. And before they say, hey, that's wrong. Yo, where'd you hear that? That's wrong. They'll say, why? What, what do you th- why do you say that? Where did you learn that? And kind of will delve into 
and, and be open-minded about that it, they might be right or that they have different reasonings. There's so much nuance to decision-making and to being a human that we will never understand why that person thinks that way, but you might be able to learn something from them. Or, or you might find out that this is something that you already understand, but you could still be courteous and respectful and be open-minded, and, and, and they might have a different way that they've adapted and used that technique, right? And, and this is really, really important. Like, I, I know a lot of people that really hate mixed feedback or mixed revisions or are really closed-minded about what genres they work in and what they want to do with them, with their career, what they want to do in general, their passion. They're really dishonest with themselves and closed-minded with themselves, too. A lot of people are closed-minded with themselves in the sense that I can't do this. I don't know theory, so I can't make music as good. This is this is total BS. Like if now that I say that out loud, it probably feels silly to you because it's just not true in the slightest. We know a lot of people that have won Grammys and awards, and and even those that have never won anything but are extremely talented that doesn't know notes. It's it's music. It's art. It's creative. It's, I mean, it's nice to know theory, but people start to self limit themselves. They they're not honest with themselves. They don't trust themselves, and. So I really do think one of the secrets to progression in life and, and gaining satisfaction, but as well as to grow within the music business and your music career, your audio career, whatever it is, if you're a songwriter, a producer, a mixer, an engineer, a rapper, a singer, whatever it is, um, the importance of being open-minded, of being curious and staying creative. And again, I, I think the last thing that I want to really add to this is that um, Seth Godin in his book, The Practice, uh, he talks about how, again, this is a book that I just finished reading, so it's on the top of my mind. I'm, I've been thinking about it. And he says that the one thing that really frustrates people is trying to control something that you can't control. And the outcome is something that you can't control. You can't get people to like your music. In fact, if you try to write music where the masses will like it, you will be probably really inauthentic and not being, you're not being creative. You want to make it for your people and to define who those people are, to, to be with the genre. He, he even talks about and makes fun of those that, not makes fun of, but um, talks about the importance of categorizing yourself and your music into a genre. Um, and try, that, that way you know who your audience is because it's better to reach 10 people that really, that really like your stuff than it is to reach 5 million people that just didn't have any impact, all right? Uh, things will become pop songs, and things will become popular if it's good, and if those 10 people tell 10 people, and so on and so forth. But if you try to make it for the masses, it usually isn't successful, is kind of what he writes about. So niching down, and he talks about the courage that it takes to find a genre. Find similarities before you start defining differences, and more importantly, that you want to stay on the hook. You want to be responsible for stuff. So he says, if you hide behind the facade of being an individual that has no genre and nobody that you relate to, then you, you get let off the hook of, of uh, any sort of responsibility towards pleasing any sort of group. In fact, hold on. Now that actually I have the book right in front of me and I was reading this earlier today and let's see if I can find it. Okay. It's so much easier to say it's just me. It's simply what I felt like creating because then we'll ignore you 
and then you're off the hook. And and there's a little bit of context. So he talks about how being on the hook is important. Like you want to leave yourself on the hook. You want to be responsible. And you want to be responsible for the work, especially for responsible for the things that you can control. Again, the process, the creation, and then the shipping or the releasing of the music, right? And I think this is really important. Again, staying open-minded, staying curious, and being creative and figuring out, you know, just, just keep going, just to keep going and to stay passionate about what you're doing. Uh, this has been on my mind a lot recently as part of alongside with my, I wouldn't say depression. I was pretty depressed the last little bit um, with some family stuff that was going on and other things, a lot of things that, you know, everybody has going on in their life. And I'm starting to finally come out of it. And it's really only when I started getting curious again, when I started reading more and watching more videos and, and reading into articles about new products and new software and trying new things and getting creative and, and being open-minded. When I talk to someone, I'm not closed-minded. I try to listen no matter how stupid they might sound right off the bat. Um, I try to listen, try to learn from everybody. And, and it truly helps me be in a better mindset and feel more creative and ready to work. It improves my craft. It, it, also, it also really helps me to, to learn and to grow. And I know that's really silly and obvious to say, but I cannot deny the rate of growth and progression that I've been feeling when I'm trying new things. And the reason why I made this an entire episode is because this is not just me. This is a common pattern that we see among many people. Uh, when it comes to audio, I mean, even famous engineers, let's say like Tony Maserati is always trying new things. You know, uh, Jason Joshua is always discovering new techniques. And even in his Mix with the Masters video, he talks about this technique that like with the NLS channels, like all of them on a button, you can look into it, right? And um he's like, I took this from another producer that sent me a track. I thought it was a mistake, but I thought, it, but then I bypassed everything and it didn't sound the same. So, so he was talking about like, he picked things up from other people, even someone that comes off as prideful or marketed or P like pride, you know, there's a lot of pride behind his, his image, um, in a good way, I think. And, uh, there's these people, successful people, I mean, even outside of music. So this is a really weird thing. Um, but I'm like casually good friends with um, one of the wealthiest people in Utah, um, bi billions of dollars in worth. And uh, it's, it's so funny, like even he is one of the most open-minded people I've ever met. He listens to some, something stupid that I say, that I'm just not, that now, it, you know, my <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty, so now I realize it's stupid, but then I thought it was actually smart or I was trying to make a point or be assertive. And he listened. And I remember now realizing that that wasn't very smart or sensitive or whatever the phrase is or the adjective is, right? But he continued to listen and he, he wasn't quick to give me advice, but only when I asked. And, and he was trying to learn from me always. And, and this really kind of opened my mind. In fact, uh, <laughs> this, sound, this might sound really weird, but um, recently I've been kind of looking into uh, some... Freemason, Illuminati Brotherhood kind of mindsets and techniques to, to attain wealth. And the number one thing that is common between all of these secret societies is being teachable. So your teachability index, like how much are you willing to learn? 
And the second thing is how much are you willing to change? Are you a 10 out of 10 for willingness to learn, but only a 2 out of 10? If your doctor says you need to quit smoking or you need to quit vaping, are you willing to, how much are you willing to change? And the higher that you're willing to learn and the more that you're willing to change directly impacts how successful you are in your career. And if anybody right now is complaining or listening to this or watching this video and is like, yo, this is not true. This is not true. This is so false. Then I might say that you will surely prove my point or you will learn. And I hope, I'm not trying to teach necessarily, but this is more of an observation. And I've seen it within myself. I've seen it within my business partner, Lou. I've seen it with my friends around me, the interns, as, as I'm trying to um, promote this mindset of teachability and growth and being open-minded. Um, uh, and kind of ending it with the idea of, I tweeted this, you can follow me on Twitter. I, I do a bunch of like self-help kind of business tips and self-help tips on, I'm, I'm it's more to keep notes whenever I read something or hear quotes. I'll, I'll just like type them in mostly for myself. But um, one of the things that I tweeted recently is that um, disagreement is okay. In fact, with me, disagreement is encouraged because in every disagreement, I know that there's a lesson to be learned or a new perspective to be seen. And I truly believe that. I mean, uh, there was studies that show... Um, what was the number? The average adult makes 2,000 decisions per hour and 15,000 decisions per day. And as we know, each decision changes someone's character and, and lifestyle and, and their history. For example, I haven't known Lou for most of his life. I really only met Lou yet last year when he's 28, 29. There's a whole 28 years of history of decision making and character building that I have never seen that I don't even know. And no matter how much I drill him with questions and interview him and get to know him and, and try to interview him for his own biography, right? There's n I will never understand Lou fully to the slightest and, and his motivations behind each of his decisions. There's way too many decisions that he's made in the past that has made up his character, his mindset, his common sense. There's way too much nuance in humanity. So I recommend anybody listening right now or watching right now. In fact, if you're listening to a podcast, you're actually in um, the demographic of high learning that you're, you're looking to learn or else you wouldn't be listening to someone like me ramble on for this long. And uh, so you're already proving that you're in this demographic of high intelligence and likely to succeed. So congratulations to you. Let's keep it up. Let's level it up. And I'm going to be working on this as well. And I truly believe that I endorse this message and I truly believe this is one of the secrets to personal satisfaction, wealth if you want it, which it's okay to not want it, um, but success in whatever that is for you. So, and just general happiness. I mean, imagine a life where you don't have to argue with anybody that you just let things happen and you take it as is. It's so great. It's so wonderful. And on that note, happy mixing my friends and stay saucy. One, two, three. so many amazing free plugins available for download right now to help you with your production and mixing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash plugins to download and get access to a bunch of free and premium plugins on Plugin Boutique. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.